For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about today's show for a very interesting reason. It's just you and me. We're going to talk about how to tell stories with video and what this could mean for your business. And I will share some stories about my experience filming a documentary called The Journey. Let's transition to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool mobile app for iOS and Android from Google that's all about taking selfies. Taking selfies. Yes. (laughs) Why do we need a mobile app for that? Talk to me. Well, so this is unique. It's called Selfiesimo. And it sounds just, it's spelled just like it sounds, Selfiesimo. And what it is, is you set your phone up, you click the button, and then it's kind of like a photo booth where every time you stop moving and pose in front of your front-facing camera, it takes a picture. And then once you do a bunch of these all in a row, it stitches them together into a panel of a bunch of different posed photos. Okay, now I'm going to tell you right now, most people are not going to have any clue how to spell selfiesimo. So why, right. why don't you tell us how to spell it? So it's S-E-L-F-I-S-S-I-M-O. So it's got a double S in there? Yes. Self and then I-S-S-I-M-O. So what it sounds like is it's just watching and snapping right at the right moment. Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah. So I could see this being, for example, something that at a party, you'd maybe even put it on a, a not a phone, but like a tablet yeah. and have it sitting on a table. Huh. And you and a bunch of your friends, you know, as soon as everybody stops moving, it sees that and snaps. And then everybody moves again, put, you know, strike a different pose huh. and you do it over and over. And then you get this group shot, multiple group shot shot. Huh. Is it watching to see if they smile? I mean, is it that smart, do you think? It's not It's not looking for facial recognition as much as it is the motions stopping. Interesting. Well, it if you... It that you've finished posing. Very, very cool. And it just snaps a bazillion shots. Is that the idea? Yeah, that's it. Wow. So it's just a, just a new cool tool for selfies and social content, whether, you know, personal or in groups uh, for iOS and Android and for social posting. So I guess you just go into the app store on Apple or Google and you just type in 
selfissimo <laughs> and you'll find it. Selfissimo, yes. Yes. S-E-L-F-I-S-S-I-M-O. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app, and happy listening. And now for today's show with none other than me. When I was a young kid, probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years old, I sat on a neighbor's front porch. They had a really big porch with kind of an awning awning over the top of it. And there was about seven or eight other neighborhood kids that would sit and listen to me making up crazy stories on the fly that involved all of their parents and their siblings. (laughs) And I would sew these stories for like 20 or 30 minutes and they were fantastical, crazy stories. And I guess I knew something back when I was a little kid that would become very important for me much later in life. I'm going to share a Native American proverb with you and here's what it says. Tell me the facts and I'll learn. Tell me the truth and I'll believe. Tell me a story and it will live in my heart forever. Let me share a story with you today. It involves facing fear, facing giants, and going on an incredible journey. Last fall, we tried to do something new. And those of you that are uh, regular listeners to the podcast might remember this. We did these NPR style stories on our podcast. And they were stories from social media marketing world, attendees, employees at our company. And we hired Jay Akunzo to do the series. And they were about uh, five to seven minutes long very well produced, very much like what you might expect to hear from NPR. And um, they were audio. We ended up taking these audio files because we thought they were so good. And we created a video backstory using B-roll and footage from Social Media Marketing World, which was no small task to tell you. Uh, And we posted those up on social and people absolutely loved the videos. There was something magical about what was behind the story. Of course, it was a lot of work. And up to this point, our company was a company that was mostly known for written content and audio content. If you think about it, you know, all the blog posts on Social Media Examiner, the various podcasts uh, that we had back then, uh, with the exception of our live show, which was video, Really, everything that we did up to this point was very much focused on the written word and the produced audio content. But the crazy response we got from people, the emotional response, the wow kind of experience that we got from making these audio stories into videos really kind of 
uh, planted a seed inside my brain that would later germinate. And I thought to myself, maybe, just maybe, we could do something more regular with video. Now, I've been watching Gary Vaynerchuk just crushing it, (laughs) metaphorically and literally, with video. The guy was just producing, you know, his Daily V show and all the other stuff that he had going on. Now, along the same time period, my daughter was turning 13 and she wanted to get into YouTube and you had to be 13 to be on YouTube. And frankly, it freaked me out. So I just decided that I was going to kind of see what it's like to be uh, creating video content. So I went on this journey of 30 days of live vlogging, and I called it an experiment. And the idea was I wasn't going to create video because I didn't have time for that, but I was going to just take my iPhone, stick it on a selfie stick, and literally um, go live every single day and see what it was like to at least have some sort of a, a vlog, a daily vlog. So I hiked canyons, I wandered around the social media examiner buildings, um, and I got comfortable being me, the true authentic me on camera. And a lot of crazy stuff happened. I had flies fly into my mouth while I was live. I had trees smack me in the face. I tripped. I had people looking at me weird, like, what the heck? Who is this guy wandering around with this stick? and a phone on it. But I just committed to do it. So I made it to day 25, and then I quit. And um, the reason I quit is because I just didn't have anything more to say. And I feel like I had successfully accomplished, you know, something, which was going 25 days straight and just creating kind of on-the-fly content. But what was really fascinating about this was it was a great experience for me to truly be who I am, me, you know, because prior to this, everything is pretty well scripted and everything is, is kind of figured out, you know, with the podcast, I don't really get on here very much and just talk with y'all. Generally, I'm interviewing a guest. So everything that I do is super, you know, well produced, super well figured out. And the idea of just kind of winging it and seeing what happened scared the you know what out of me but i i i believed in myself i began to realize okay wow this is kind of an interesting experience all right fast forward to the fall i hired mitch dong on our team and i was going to want to go back to jay akunzo to do these npr style stories again and he was not available so i had to get creative because I was thinking to myself, all right, we've got social media marketing world coming in February and we need to do something interesting, unique, and completely out of the ordinary to help us uh, as a company. So I talked to my core team here at Social Media Examiner about the idea of creating a video documentary. We talked about it pretty solidly for about a week. And I told everyone that what I wanted this to be was a real ongoing story. And what I meant by real is my goal was going to be to show the good and the bad, 
the struggles of entrepreneurship and marketing. And the story was going to kind of unfold as we were filming. We didn't have a script. We didn't have anything. The goal was just to document the real ups and downs of what we were trying to accomplish with growing the conference 62% year over year. So um, had the conversation with all my team and I said, are you sure? Are you ready to be authentically you on camera? And they all were up for it. So then I said to Mitch, okay, bring in your equipment because we're going to be starting on Monday. So in September of 2017, we started recording. And on October 13th, 2017, we launched episode one of The Journey. I'm going to play you just a few seconds of it. Welcome to The Journey. This is a story about entrepreneurship and marketing. And hopefully as you watch this show, you'll see yourself as the central character. Our crazy audacious goal is to get 5,000 people to social media marketing world this year. We had 3,100 people there last year. We want to get to 10,000 by 2019, which is our ultimate goal. The reality is that right now we're at about 1,655 people. And I ran the numbers and I started freaking out. Okay, so what you cannot see because you're listening is I'm in a meeting with my marketing department and I'm actually talking about the reality and the challenge. And this first episode was only about five minutes um, long. And at the very end of the episode, I had looked to the camera and I had a little message to the audience and I'm going to play some of that message for you right now. One of the struggles that we face with putting on a show is that's a weekly show is that my cameraman, Mitch is a perfectionist. He's exceptionally good at what he does. But the problem is that when you put on a show, you got to film for a couple of days and then you got to wrap the filming and then you got to edit it and then you got to move on to the next week and you have to ship it and it can't be perfect or there wouldn't be no show. So the lesson that I think applies to any entrepreneur or any marketer that's listening right now is that sometimes we get caught up in the future vision instead of focusing on what needs to be done to get to the future vision. I kind of say it's like we literally have to build the bridge as we're crossing it which is not a way a lot of us like to operate. A lot of us like to plan out the bridge, get the schematics, buy all the supplies. But guess what? We're never going to succeed if we do it that way. Okay, so so there you go. That was the first episode, Imperfect. And while, um, funny enough, it dropped while I was at uh, Daryl Eve's Vid Summit. And um, Joel Kahn was there with me uh, while we were video Skyping with Mitch, doing some last minute edits right up until like 11 o'clock at night. Uh, and it dropped that Friday while I was at um, Vid Summit. So what I would love to do is spend the le- the rest of this show today talking about what is ongoing video documentary storytelling. What have I learned from it? What can you learn from doing something like this? What have been the amazing, crazy results? Of this, And I will tell you, as of this recording, we have, I think, 12 episodes in the can, and the results were beyond my wildest 
imagination. Seth Godin, I think, said it best when he said, marketing is no longer about the stuff you make, but about the stories you tell. So would you join me and continue to listen as I share with you some very important information that I think could help you transform what you're going to be doing in your video marketing in the future. So what exactly is this thing called the journey? And by the way, if you want to check it out, go to journey.show, which is a domain that will forward you off to YouTube. And that's the easiest way to watch it because we have a playlist set up. So basically the journey is a video documentary that is an ongoing documentary. It's episodic. So I like to describe it as having a story arc that spreads across lots of short videos. Each episode is generally no longer than eight minutes. They're generally in kind of the five to seven minute range. And the hypothesis or theory was that if we create a new show about how we actually do what we do here at Social Media Examiner, specifically how we do what we do to promote our conference, Social Media Marketing World, that this quote-unquote behind-the-scenes type of storytelling would be, in hindsight, our most important thing that we have ever done in the history of the company. That was the hypothesis. I had this gut feeling that the whole world is moving towards video. And here we have Facebook with the Facebook watch program. And we've got, you know, all these other platforms going after creators. If I could create something for our tribe, and this was never really intended to be created for people that are not part of our tribe, but if I could create something that was part of our, that was for our tribe so that these people could get to know um, me and our company, how we do what we do, the quirkiness, the what I call flip-flop and CEO, flip-flop t-shirt CEO of Social Media Examiner, me and my real, real state that they actually might want to help, that they might want to become part of the 5,000, which is the goal for the conference. And uh, I took a lot of my inspiration from watching a lot of reality television. So I am a um, Survivor fan. I've watched 35 seasons of Survivor. I've had lunch with the co-executive producer of Survivor for the first eight seasons. I got some insight into kind of how they do what they do. Um, I used to watch shows like Undercover Boss. I'm a huge fan of Shark Tank and The Prophet. And I started just watching how at the core these shows work and why they have such a loyal following. And I started to kind of connect the dots in my brain. And I said to myself, wow, there's a really big appetite for business content that is entertaining and educational. And I wonder if I can just kind of slice and dice and split it up over many, many different weeks and create a shorter kind of a show. So that was kind of the theory of it. And the results? Well, before I share the results, and this is as of December 29th, 2017 when I'm recording this, uh, I think it's summed up by this email that we got from Matt McWilliams, who um, said 
a PS inside of a message to us. He said, I absolutely love, in all caps, the journey. It is my crack, dot, 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 but much better for me. Smiley face. Thanks for doing it. This was the kind of message that I was getting over and over. I was getting private messages from people that are high-profile video experts um, telling me that they love it. Even Zach King, you know, who is one of the big guys in the world of video, uh, was telling me his whole team was watching it. I was getting emails from people that put on other events saying it was going to be required watching for everyone on their team. I was getting college professors from all over the world saying that this is going to be required curriculum in their next season's um, you know, stuff for the students at their training. So I was like, wow, okay, this is actually the kind of affirmation I was hoping for. So my goal, my thought was if I could just get a thousand people to watch this every single week, kind of part of that true 1000 fans concept that you may have heard of, then I think that we will be completely successful in the long run. So not only did I get a thousand people, but it kind of crushed the numbers. Um, as of this recording, we put out uh, 11 episodes of The Journey, and we have had between 15,000 and 37,000 people per episode watch this thing. And I'm getting messages from people that are saying, I just binge watched the whole thing. Now, if you think about this, if each episode is an average of seven or eight minutes, and we've already put out like 10 or 11 of them, we've already got people watching this for well over an hour, you know, um, probably more like an hour and a half that they're just binge watching this. Now, where in the world of marketing are people willing to spend this kind of time with you? Outside of the podcast experience itself, there really is nowhere else. And what's really fascinating and unique about this is it is something that doesn't work as well in audio. And I tried, you know, listening to one of the shows without actually having the video there. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. Because when you see my office and you see, you know, me walking or me in meetings and all this kind of stuff, it just, it kind of brings it to life in a way that only reality television can. So as you're listening to this, I want you to be thinking to yourself, how can we do more behind the scenes content for our business? Could be just something as simple as going live on stories for 10 or 15 seconds, or it could be something much more elaborate along the lines of what we're doing here at Social Media Examiner. Now, the benefits are quite substantial. First of all, the biggest benefit is that we know as marketers that people buy from those whom they know and whom they like and whom they trust. And I got to tell you, I got messages from people saying, okay, I'm in, I'm coming back this year. I just persuaded eight of my friends to come. I've got people sharing this content. When you create content that is so good, even though it's got a marketing undertone to it, that people start sharing it with other people, like when do they do that with your marketing? Think about that for a second. What other form of marketing that is, you know, are people willing to share that's not just kind of a crazy image or some sort of a funny little, you know, 30 or 60 second thing, but actually like 
something that's like seven or eight minutes long and a piece of content that someone could get latched into and get hooked onto all the rest of the content. And by the way, this is another advantage. Every single episode that we publish is a hook, if you will, to bring people into all the other episodes because they come in just like television and they get you know, hooked into one particular episode and they realize it's part of a series and they go and they watch the whole darn thing. Another big benefit is it's a very public accountability. Um, this is something that I've learned. It's like, okay, hey, marketing team, uh, we typically record about three to four weeks before we uh, actually, you know, go live with the episode. We'll watch the episode and we'll be like, um, where are we at with that? <laughs> and it's it's a super like kind of like puts us all on our A game kind of situation because we know the world is watching. Another kind of unexpected consequence, which has blown me away, is the people rallying to want to help. I get emails and messages almost every other day from people giving us ideas on how we can solve some of these problems. And some of these stories actually are going to make their way into future episodes of the journey. Um, and I'm going to share some of those stories with you in just a second. So hopefully you're beginning to understand that to put on this kind of a ongoing story every single week where people are waiting for the next episode. And by the way, this is the other thing. A lot of people are telling me I cannot wait for the next one. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how um, we create these episodes in such a way that they, they get people so they want to actually keep watching. Okay, two really amazing stories that came out of uh, people that I had not known before that were watching the journey. The first guy's name is Daniel Abrams of AI-media.tv. And Daniel sent a message to me with the uh, closed captioning of the first five episodes of the journey. And I sent those out to um, Eric Fisher, my head of social, and he put them up on Facebook and YouTube and said, wow, these are exceptionally well done. And, you know, everything from the music in the background, just everything about it was television quality production. So uh, Daniel told me later, hey, you know, um, I started a company out of Australia and we do closed captioning, professional closed captioning. And I was like, wow, uh, this is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. I said, I'd love to hire you to do the rest of them. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, my gift to you, because I've been following Social Media Examiner for literally years, is I'm going to have my company, which he's the co-founder of, produce all the closed captioning for the journey. Blown away. Next example, Kenneth Todd. Another Australian, but this guy lives in America. You guys that are from Australia, you guys are amazing. Americans, you are awesome too. Of course, everyone listening is so awesome. But Kenneth Todd, uh, he's from the GAIA Media Group, GAIAMediaGroup.com. He sent me a video where he recorded feedback on how we could change our sales page. And I actually implemented his changes and Boom, sales started increasing. Absolutely blown away. Now, these are two of just many, many examples of people that reached out and wanted to help as a result of seeing the struggle 
of the journey that I was on. And actually, they keep happening. It is so, so cool. All right, what I want to do now is spend the rest of this show talking about where we publish, the challenges of um, starting a show, and then a lot of time spending on tips on how to actually create a really good um, show and all the stuff that you need to know. Okay, our main platforms are Facebook and YouTube. And Facebook is our, our really big platform because we happen to have the largest following on Facebook. But we push everyone over to YouTube at the end of every single uh, episode because we know that people that are on YouTube, whether you're on there a lot or not, um, it's just a much easier consumption vehicle for watching episodic content. Um, YouTube uh, is our secondary platform. We have less views on there, but a, but a very loyal following as well. And we've also recently started natively uploading the episodes of The Journey to LinkedIn. Right now, it's only on my personal profile. Uh, once it comes to pages, I think that might change. So that is where we are publishing. Okay, let's deal with the challenges. Um, I'm not going to lie. This is a lot of work. Um, I had no clue going into this how much work this was actually going to be. And what I, um, it, part of the reason we have a lot of work is because I am a perfectionist. If you don't know this about me, I am a complete perfectionist. And I just, I just care, care, care about really, really quality and a really good story. So the work that we're, that, that for me takes the most amount of time is not the recording and documenting of the, of the uh, stuff. It's actually sitting down with Mitch and actually going through every episode and tightening it up. What what we do is he'll come back with typically a 20-minute episode with a lot of the highlights. And then what I'll do is I'll just, you know, we use Vimeo. And Vimeo is great because you can comment in Vimeo. And you can tag a particular moment in a particular place. And we go back and forth. And we do at least two, sometimes three iterations. Sometimes a lot more. And the final iteration, typically we bring it down to about 11 to 9 minutes. And then I sit there with Mitch for literally two to three hours and we try to tighten it up and we try to take out anything that's not um, important. And um, when we do this show, we don't cover up our edits. And what that means is we just cut and we don't care whether or not you uh, notice that it's chopping from place to place. But what it does is it kind of pushes the progression forward really, really fast. So we'll take a long sentence and we might cut it into two short segments just to get to the core of it. And um, a lot of times we don't have multiple cameras, so that's just how we have to do what we do. So don't underestimate the amount of work on the editing floor. I think that uh, Mitch probably spends 25 to 30 hours a week working on <clears throat> this particular episode of the show. So you might need a full-time person who is just you know handling something like this if you choose to do this at the level we're doing it. Uh, another challenge is that you will be publicly criticized and you kind of need to be okay with that. You know, um, some criticism is um, people not liking the show. You're going to get thumbs down on YouTube. Um, you're going to get people that just don't like certain things about what you say and what you do. But I will tell you on the flip side of it, the, the benefits far outweigh the criticism. I mean, you might feel like you want to quit. But the reality is that your tribe, if, especially if they love it, will come to your defense. And, um, and generally speaking, the criticisms that we've gotten are pretty much just criticisms of the substance 
of like, Hey, I can't believe you guys aren't trying this or, um, you know, Hey, that was a pretty intense conversation you had. And I would respond and say, well, it's the reality. It's, 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 uh, it's who I am or it's who we are. And I understand that you might not like it and it's not for everyone. You just need to be prepared that you're going to face critics, but let's be honest. When does putting yourself out there ever not bring criticism? If that's the reason you don't do it, you're going to really regret it. Okay. The other challenge is that your team or yourself or whoever needs to feel really comfortable and you need to protect their best interests. So I have a philosophy that I call protecting the innocent. So we go through some exceptionally intense, tough times. Like in one of the episodes, we fire someone uh, who's a contractor and I have one of my employees actually do the firing. So we had to be very careful about protecting the person that was fired, not telling anybody who that person is. And that's very important to protect the, you know, the innocence, right? Because they didn't ask to be on the show. Um, and you just have to be careful about when you record people, like you need to let them know, Hey, are you okay with what we recorded? You know, is there anything that you want to make sure that is not making it into the show? Uh, we actually do showings with the core team every single week where they get a chance to see everything and make sure they're comfortable with the way they're being portrayed. They're comfortable with the quirky awkwardness because one of the things that we do on my show, the journey is that we don't, um, we don't take the outtakes and put them in the end. We actually disperse them throughout the entire journey because that's real life. Real life is you say silly things, you make mistakes. And in particular, I do some really quirky stuff and people get a, ch- get a chance to see a side of me that they've never seen before. I leave that in there and it kind of is, you know, if you will, comedy relief, that's all throughout the journey. Um, a lot of people don't do that. I do that. And I actually encourage that even with my other teammates. So we're, um, you know, they got to be comfortable with themselves and how they're being portrayed. And, uh, it's important that you show the struggle. You know, if you think of any good journey, you think of some of the best stories like star Wars or the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings or any of these kinds of stories, you have an unlikely hero on an impossible journey and the pitfalls and struggles that are along the way are actually the best part of the story. And if you take that out, you're not going to find that people are going to like the story as much. Like I get real raw and I talk about how I'm going through hell, you know, in some of these episodes and people love to hear that. They say, wow, I I can't believe how human you are. I can't believe you don't have it all figured out. You're just like me. I respect you more now. That's the kind of stuff that you have to do. So these are the challenges. Now, let me give you some tips. Um, If you don't have a professional cameraman around all the time, like I don't all the time, you want to get some equipment. The first piece of equipment you probably want to get is a really good quality audio recorder. And the reason why this is so important is because Um, if your cameraman's not around and you're going to use your computer or your iPhone to record the video, you might have to put it back quite a distance to get the picture. And then the audio sounds echoey and far away. So if you get a zoom H four N pro audio recorder, this little guy is a couple hundred bucks. I think it might be $300, but it records like professional audio and you stick it right in the middle of 
the scene and you can what we do is we might put a little plant in front of it or a cup so it kind of hides it a little bit from the video but this performs really well picks up all the really really high quality video so get yourself a zoom h4n pro second thing is if you do use a smartphone like i do i record on my iphone 6s and it has the ability to film in 4k so whenever i film i film in 4k on my iphone we produce the final show, and we film everything in 4K, but we produce the final show in 1080p. It allows us to zoom in. It allows us to kind of create, you know, cool effects. Um, you also might want to consider getting yourself a, a tripod, like a little tiny tripod that can become a big tripod. This allows you to put the tripod on a desk. It allows you to place it around the room and then essentially um, set the scene and then hit record. Um so beyond the actual equipment side of it, there, well, actually there is one other piece that I want to mention. I'm on a Mac and I use ScreenFlow. And when my, when Mitch is not around my camera guy, what I do is I actually record a bunch of different angles. So I set up my iPhone on a tripod to get one angle. I have my computer, um, camera, you know, like I have a Logitech pro on one computer and then just a standard camera on the other computer. So that is recording another angle. And then I sometimes will record my screen using ScreenFlow. And because a lot of times I'm bringing in people on Skype. So now all of a sudden I've got three angles that my camera guy can can cut between to kind of create a cool look and, and feel. The other things that I want to talk about are, are special secret sauce kind of stuff. The first thing that you want to think about, and I've learned this as I've been doing this, is you want to create something called a hook. And I credit Daryl Eves from teaching me this. A hook is some piece from the last third of the video. Maybe it's a dramatic moment. Ideally, it is a dramatic moment that maybe is just three or four seconds long. You play that at the very beginning of the episode before you roll into your typical like music and, and kind of normal part of your show. What this does is it opens the trigger inside people's brains. says like, Ooh, something juicy is coming. I'm going to watch for it. And that'll get them to watch the video longer. That's called a hook. Think about a, a hook as like this big thing that you're grabbing someone with and dragging them in. Right. Um, the other thing is a cliffhanger. Okay. So at the end of every show, what we do is we grab something from the next week's show. And typically it's something crazy like my social team just freaked out because, and then cut. And then it says to be continued. That's the kind of stuff we do every single week and every single episode. Um, another one was uh, Lisa Jenkins from my editorial team said, oh, this has been the worst day of my life. I am so, so sorry, Mike. Cut, you know? This is the kind of stuff that we, we add at the end of every single episode. And then we get people like saying, I can't wait for next week. And that is something I learned from traditional television, right? The idea of a cliffhanger is what keeps you coming back. Okay, the last thing that I want to talk to you about is something called story arcs. And this is where... It's kind of important that you track, if you're going to do an ongoing documentary like we do, you track kind of the core stories that you've started. Because, you know, the best way to describe this is there are certain kinds of stories that are going to come back throughout the season. 
And there are other stories that are kind of like little satellites that are just there and then they're dead in one particular episode. Might be just a little, you know, experience or a little funny clip or whatever. But the core stories, you know, like we've got like eight to nine story arcs that are spreading across many, many different episodes. In our case, for example, uh, one of them is we hired a guy named Chris Daly to do conversion rate optimization. So we bring Chris back on and we talk about kind of in future episodes, how how is that um, testing doing? What are we learning from it? Uh, another story arc uh, is a guy named Tim Page who we hired to do webinars. So he shows up in one episode and then in the next episode, we talk about the setting up of the webinars and then later on, we'll talk about how well those worked. So the idea is to have these different, you know, arcs, if you will. And those arcs can include new characters. So in my case, we're always bringing on uh, experts, if you will, different characters to the story. So you just want to make sure not to forget some of those stories. And that kind of allows people to kind of, you know, because if you think of any good movie or any good story, there's these characters that kind of come and go and come and go. And there's these themes or struggles that come and go. That's what you want to work into your uh, actual, you know, show. So there you have it. This is my experience about 12 episodes into the journey. And I know that it is accomplishing the mission that I set out to accomplish. I do not know whether or not we're going to continue this forever. I know that we'll, we will be at least continuing it all the way through March of 2018 because we want to take people right to the conference. Whether we hit the goal of 5,000 or not, we want to show people the experience. And, um, and that, is, that is the journey. So here's my challenge to you. Are you willing to go on a journey yourself and actually start some sort of a documentary series where it's about you and it's about your business? Are you willing to open yourself up to the fact that uh, there's an audience out there that wants to know how you do what you do and they want to see the good, the bad, and the ugly? Are you willing to open yourself up to the opportunities that could present themselves if you become more known, more liked, and more trusted? Are you willing to step into that and give that a try? Let me be your trail guide. I really want you to watch what I've done with the journey. If you go to journey.show, you'll kind of see how as we get deeper into the show, things get better. You know, in the first episode, we weren't filming in 4K. Second episode, we were filming in 4K. First episode and second episode, we really didn't have the music tracks down. Then we finally figured out the music tracks. Then we started figuring out the hooks and the and the and the you know, the teasers and the, the cliffhangers and stuff. And then we started introducing um, really crazy little things at the very end of every video to try to encourage people to share it. Just every single week, we kind of learned as we went. We decided we were just going to build the bridge one brick at a time, and we were just going to do the damn thing. So are you willing to do it? That's the question. Well, I hope you found some inspiration and you might want to consider starting your own show. If you want to check out the show that I have started called The Journey, visit journey.show. And if you want to check out any of the notes or equipment, we take all those notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 286. Also hit the subscribe button if you're new to this show. But no matter what you do, check out The Journey journey.show 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 
Yeah, I almost sang there, didn't I? <laughs> this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week, I promise. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media and video continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.